Importance of Community Service and the Learning at Home. This is Becoming Parents, your survival guide for modern parenthood. I'm your host, Louise Lee. To get our latest episode preview or news updates, follow us on Instagram, becoming.parents. To access our full show notes and research articles, find us at becoming-parents.com. Today we have guest speaker Jackie Flohilds. Mrs. Flohilds is a kindergarten teacher at Toronto's Churchill Public School, a mom of two, and advocate for great social causes like angel hair for kids. Jackie teaches her students with patience, love, and care. She also leads by example through organizing donation events for the angel hair program, providing natural wigs for Canadian children who have lost their hair due to cancer treatments, alopecia, and other medical conditions. Welcome, Jackie. Thank you for being here with us today. How are you? I'm good. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. It's an honor. It's my pleasure. Could you tell us a little bit more about the Angel Hair for Kids, the foundation that you are supporting? So um, it started, I started donating my hair when I was about uh, like 20. My cousin um, in Holland, he has alopecia, which means it causes him to lose his hair. And it was something that was very um, like traumatizing for him as a young uh, he was very young when it started happening. So it was part of, it means a lot to me. And it's something that I've been trying to encourage um, every, at every school I go to, or whenever I'm doing it, I try to get the students involved. So this will be, um, last year, it was my sixth time doing it. Wow. And we got, um, there was five students in the school who also donated their hair um, in an assembly, we had a, a parent uh, who was a hairdresser and she came in and helped two years before that. Uh, we did it again in an assembly and we had like eight kids doing it. So yeah. it's something that I try to encourage um, in the school. And I know that a lot of girls um, get involved and want to do it. And sometimes I hunt them down and ask them if they want to participate. <laughs> if I see that they the long, with, the lush, with really long hair. hair and sometimes they look at me like, no, maybe not so much, but um, it's a great cause. And um, there's a lot of companies now that don't accept hair donations anymore because it's much cheaper for synthetic hair. So angel hair for kids was something that we found um couple of years ago that they still take donations um, with real hair and they require about 12 inches, um, if not longer. Uh, so then um, they use the hair, it takes about 10 bundles of hair to make one wig. Um, they actually also ask for a donation that you can if um, when you donate your hair. So it's a great cause and it's something that's really simple. If if you can grow your hair and you want to donate, it's a great cause. Um, and it goes to kids with alopecia or cancer um, who need wigs. Yeah, I remember when I was a little girl, I met one of my actually childhood best friend. Uh, and she actually just finished her chemotherapy as a young kid. 
And I remember she was a, such a beautiful girl, but just a, there, there was a very little hair on on her. And I was wondering as a kid, it's like what what's going on. Um, so obviously she was very conscious about it. I wish there was a, something like angel hair for kids at that time to help her because I feel the confidence a lot of the time from kids came from the exteriors, from from the outside. Uh, and I really uh, want to appreciate. I want to thank you for doing this for all the kids who's in need. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I mean, it's just something small I can do. I'm really lucky. My hair grows really quickly, so I hope to do it. My goal was to do it until I started getting gray hair because then <laughs> they might not really accept it anymore. So until then, I'm going to keep doing it every two or three years that I can, and I'm really encouraging. Um, students to do it because it's something very simple and easy to to do. One of my cousins, he has donated his hair a few times, and yeah, it's something that all kids, you know, if they want to, that they can grow out their hair if their parents also allow that. Because I know some parents <laughs> would rather deal with shorter hair than longer hair, but um, yeah, it's really a positive thing and the selflessness. Mm-hmm. And you also teach the kindergarten right now at Churchill Public School. Yeah, I know you have also two young kids at home.、Um, it doesn't seem that like the school will open anytime soon. So I guess a lot of parents will have the same question as I'm asking here. As a teacher and as a mom yourself, how do you structure the day for your kids? Yeah, so that's a great question. So I really tried. That we have the same routine pretty much every day. So before, when we found out that school was not going to be open for the first two weeks,、um, we sat down with my son, who's in grade one. My daughter's four; she hasn't started school yet. So we try to、um, structure the day so that in the morning, I think most kids are that's their t- prime time to do work. So.、Mm-hmm. After we've watched a little bit of like when they wake up in the morning, they watch a little bit of TV. We have breakfast,、um, and then we get dressed, and then from like eight thirty to nine thirty ten is when we have our work time.、Mm. So that's when I really get my son to sit down and write a journal or do any of the online activities that his teacher has posted.、Mm-hmm. Um, and then I get my daughter either to practice her printing. Like practice writing her name, or、um, she can go on her tablet and play some some language games. And then after that, we try to go outside、mm-hmm. and get some fresh air for forty five minutes to an hour.、Um, and then we come back and we, if there's time, we do play before lunch time. And then we have lunch,、um, and after lunch we have quiet time. What is a quiet time? So that is something that I've done since my kids were little.、Um, it's usually when they were napping.、Yeah. Was usually nap time, and so when my daughter was one、um, or smaller than that,、um, my son had to go in in his room as well and have quiet time. Even though he didn't sleep, it was just his time to either play on his tablet or watch something on the tablet or read a book. Or play in his room, and that's something. That's my like on the weekend. <laughs> that's、mm. my time to have a nap, 
or get stuff done. And it's something that I've, we've done for since they were little and Mm. they both really like having that quiet time. So right now that's also my time that I get to do work or do laundry or do all the things that we need, that I need to do. Um, And it's a great way for them to be self-sufficient and have that alone time in their rooms because um, sometimes they drive each other crazy. So yeah, they need the awesome. separation time. <laughs> but um, I think that parents need to know their own kid and what works best within your household. Everyone's family is different and every dynamic is different. Um, and if parents can get their kids to do work right away in the morning, great. Mm-hmm. Then that's the time you do it. And if the rest of the day they don't do much, then they don't do much the rest of the day. But if you can get in like a 45 minute, an hour, Mm -hmm. mostly for smaller ones, um, as they get older, I guess they're, I haven't taught the older grades, so I don't have that much experience or, but they're more self-sufficient and they're more able to guide their own learning and um, track their own, like their own progress. Yeah, definitely. I mean, this is uh, self-learning is also a skill that need to be acquired gradually with guidance. For sure. I know your kids have a little bit of age gap as well. Um, I assume their activities or their preferences are quite different. How do you manage the two very different aspects of it? Um, I feel like my son pretty much guides. (laughs) He's seven. Um, Mm. So he guides the activities most of the time my daughter's four and she kind of just follows along with him um personality wise they're very different he's very active my son is very active and just go 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 yeah and my daughter is less less like that um but because she sees him like that she wants to do the same thing so when my husband is home, we try to do more separate um, activities or things on the weekend so that they're not always doing everything together. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then some parents are really overwhelmed by the home education aspect of it, especially when it comes to the expectation or the quality that they they, they expect uh, you know the kids to have, even though they're at home. And what is your advice on these parents who are really stressed out? Um, so as a, as a teacher, we're not like, we expect you to try and do your best and do whatever you can. There's no, like, you have to do this. These are activities we are providing. And if you mm-hmm. can achieve them and you can do all of them, fantastic. We're so happy that with that, we're happy to see them and read them um, and if if you can only do half, then you can only do half. Like wow. parents have to work and we totally understand that. And there's some kids whose parents are available and um, have the time during the day to help them. And if, um, if there's more kids in the house, sometimes that's harder because they're, if there's only one computer and there's, you know, that computer needs to be used by a, a parent doing work then yeah. it's a lot harder for that online learning or those activities to get done. So I think that parents need to just do what you can. Mm. Like my son's teacher assigns a journal every day. Uh, he doesn't do a journal every day. 
<laughs> there's so like I get him to do at least two or three a week mm-hmm. if that so like one he can do writing and then one he does on the computer and he likes typing it so right. that's like our compromise so it's just you do what you can and if you alternate days of like we'll do the language activity today and the math activity tomorrow then that's what you do but I think that the parents feel a lot of pressure that they feel like they need to accomplish it all. I think that that's an unreasonable thing if you don't have that time or capability, especially with younger ones who do require more assistance and more guidance. Of course. And not to mention that the online learning aspect of it is uh, not something natural. So it's a something that still needs a lot of training in order for them to know what they're doing yeah and like some parents also don't want their kids on the computer all day long yeah yeah talking about the screen time that's a tricky part to manage now (laughs) for sure and then you know like screen time from schoolwork and then screen time versus like leisure time that also gets jumbled in there so it's it's really hard and I think that it's already stressful enough as it is right now, the situation. Um, And that parents just need to know that their kids will be okay. And that if they didn't do that reading activity or math activity today, it's okay. Like it can get be done tomorrow or it's okay. We're all in this, uh, you know, coping mechanism and we're all trying to figure out um, what is the alternative. So don't shoot for perfection. That's a, that's a great advice. <laughs> it's hard and, and stressful for the kids too. And like, I know, like I, it's a battle. Even like getting him to sit down and do work for 10 minutes. Sometimes it's like the fight takes longer than for him to actually do it. <laughs> so it's just like, don't fight me on it. Just do it for 10 minutes. But, you know. And and know your own kid and know when when their when their uh, prime time to do their work is, yeah. because some kids are much better in the morning, some are better yeah. in the afternoon. And if you can find that time, even if you're during your busy day for like half an hour to try and get one of those activities done, then then great. And if you can't, then it's it's okay too. Mm-hmm. So talking about the activities. If the parents only has time for doing one activity of the day, what should this academic activity to be, in your opinion? So I think the main thing for all kids is just language activities. Because language is part of everything, it's part of every subject. You have to be able to read and write and understand and comprehend and be able to remember and retell, like those are all language components. And it doesn't necessarily always have to be just reading. It can be mm-hmm. like playing games and reading the instructions, like finding yeah. ways to incorporate language activities into into everything, yeah. because that's what it comes down to. It's like, if you can read and write, right. Like that is just so essential for all subject areas for, for younger ones who can't read to themselves. Yeah. It's like, you have to be able to, to read, but, um, finding books online. Mm -hmm. I know that that's more screen time, but that's also like learning because you're listening, um, 
putting like subtitles on 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 the shows it's like that's language right there as well right so does that mean for the younger kids they can also learn through these methods to know the words the spellings as well yeah there's tons of activities online that help with phonics and language and and word um, association um so it's really up some parents are all for online activities and some parents are not so much so it's just you know finding what works for your family um Mm -hmm. what works for your child some kids are highly motivated to read and some are not so yeah we will actually be posting some of the parents they showed their own at home learning tools or with toys uh, in our show notes so we'll be linking linking to those pictures and then just to see how people are being creative at home using toys and then teaching kids play at a learning at the same time that's yeah. awesome like you'll think of activities and you're you're drawing sidewalk chalk and my son doesn't like writing numbers so i make a hopscotch and i tell him to fill in the numbers Yep, yep, yep. And uh, I learned just recently from another mom by letting them help in the kitchen and they can learn math as well by just doing the measurements. Yes, totally. Yeah, there's so many things that you think that because it's not paper, pencil, that maybe they're not learning, but it's there's so many life skills or things that you're doing that you don't realize that are that they're learning and they're learning something or doing something and it's associated with other skills. And also um, based on the Montessori teaching method, they also say the kids learn through exploration. And uh, there's a a, um, mathematician from uh, Oxford that we interviewed very recently. He also said in order for him to explain very abstract concepts to his students. Uh, He tried to use a very relatable real life examples. Therefore, people can understand what are these math theories used for initially, why people created them. Therefore, it becomes something very memorable. For sure. If it's connected to you, you remember it way more than if it's just someone talking about it. So, mm-hmm. And then that will take a lot of creativity, actually, from the parents to get involved in their daily learning activities. Yeah. For sure. Um, so now you're staying mostly, you know, remote, remote work. And how do you connect with your students? So... We have the online platform Brightspace where we're sending um, activities for the students to do. And I love getting pictures back and seeing the students. And it's so sweet and knowing that, you know, they're doing the activities at home and enjoying them and then getting to see the pictures and then I'm commenting and um, sending them pictures of things that I'm doing with my kids or things that we see to encourage them to explore I noticed that you also being uh, playing a little bit of messenger role when some parents or kids reach out and want to get connected with other kids in the classroom. Yeah, it's I mean, I think that I know that there's some parents who talk after school and they had connections and stuff, but some parents weren't available or um, their child went to childcare. So it was important to um, get those connections so that the kids could talk to each other and if parents felt comfortable sending me their contact information to send to other families, then that, yeah, that was something that um, 
I thought would be really nice so that other families could connect with other friends from the classroom because sometimes you might not get that if you don't have their email or their phone number. So um, if I could pass it along, it's great. And I've heard that there's a lot of friends who've been talking with each other and that's really nice. Yeah. Interesting that, interesting that in time of isolation like this, we start to realize the importance of a community. Uh, and then really the value of a community triumphs uh, a lot and it helps people uh, in many households. And I know the school is uh, planning a parade next week. That's such a wonderful idea. Can you tell us a little bit more about the parade? Yeah, we're super excited. So we were trying to think of a way to connect. And I know that's been hard and we haven't seen the kids for a while. So it was something that um, some of the teachers thought that we could get together and organize. So I think there's, um, we're really looking forward to it. We're going to try and uh, get as many areas as we can. And we have a nice route planned and we hope everyone comes out and sees it. Um, and yeah, I'm really excited. Is it, is it going to be honking along the street? Oh, yeah. Lots of, honk, <laughs> lots of honking and lots of screaming. Oh, my God. Oh, that will be so much fun. I can't wait. Yeah. I'm sure that all the kids would love to see the uh, the teachers. And probably someone will bring water guns and then shoot them. Oh, yeah. That's a great well. idea. I'm going to totally do that. <laughs> I'm sure my kids will love that. I will bring my children, too. They'll be in the back. Oh, that will be lovely. I heard from some parents that kids after extended period at home, they start to slip a little bit in terms of their behavior. So some get a little bit more clingy, some get more temper tantrum, as if they gradually forgetting about the manners they developed in school. Yeah. Why do you think that is the case? Honestly, it's probably because they're bored. <laughs> yeah, they are. It's this, it's very, it's the same thing over and over. And I mean, I know that I have some days that I'm just, my, my temper is just not as good as it was the day before. Mm -hmm. And some days my kids listen better and some days they don't. Mm -hmm. Some days they drive each other crazy and some days they love each other. <laughs> like it's so changing and it's like their emotions are up and down and our emotions are up and down. And yeah. Yeah, it's really hard. And because we've been in this situation for for like two months now. Yes, and they're going to be probably... It's hard. And, it, um, you know, they're so used to seeing friends or family members that maybe they can't see right now. So, yeah, it's really tough. And I guess that's the great part of having FaceTime or like doing WhatsApp and having those connections um, my son uses like uh, face, uh, not it's not it's through Facebook, but it's like Messenger for kids. Mm -hmm. Oh, okay. So it's another way. So he has his own like profile. That's so cute. He feels very responsible, and he texts them oh. and and pictures of himself. And I would never have given that to him <laughs> had it not been in this situation. But it's like a wonderful. Um, way for him to feel connected so like this yeah. morning um, he talked on the phone or through messenger um, and he talked to his cousin for like half an hour oh and they're showing each other their pokemon cards and they're talking about when this is done that they're going to trade cards 
So it's, it's really hard for them. Like, I think day to day, I, they're fine. And it seems like Uh everything's normal. But all those like behavior problems come out because they're tired, or they're frustrated, or they're bored. Um, Yeah, they're tired of me talking or (laughs) their sister talking. (laughs) They, they always see the familiar faces and then there's the no freshness. <laughs> there's like three of us that, you know, or the no. four of us and, you know, it's the same people over and yeah. over and over again. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and then do you think parents, some parents believe that they should have some more discipline enforced in this kind of situation? Some parents feel, you know, it's difficult for everyone. Therefore we just be more understanding and tolerant. So, what what is your preference? Um yeah, sometimes you like you have to pick your battles. Mm. That's an art. <laughs> it is very hard and sometimes it's just like if he wants that one thing or she wants that one thing, am I going to fight for 10 minutes about this or do I just give in? And then there's certain things that like no, that's a hard no it's mm. taken away and there's consequences. Mm, so, right. um, yeah, sometimes it's easier said than done, <laughs> but yes, it, it's, it's definitely one of those pick your battles. What's something that's like, you will not stand for. Yeah, and yeah. then if you don't stand for it, it has to be consistent. Yeah. I understand. And it's a hard because sometimes they will try to push our boundaries. Oh Yeah. <laughs> I feel that's a, all they do all day long, testing the uh, testing the boundary and push the button and see which one will freak us out. That's true. It's so true, and it, and it's and it's because you're with them all the time, and they know that it's safe doing it with you. Oh my god! It just uh, came into my mind. Maybe we are like lab rats to them, so they can see our responses. <laughs> How far can I push this before she yells or snaps? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Wow. I'm glad that at least I'm providing entertainment for her to some degree. Yeah. And then she's, and then like, you know, and that's the the consistency part, because if one time you give in, Mm -hmm. then it's like, you know, the next time she's going to, oh, okay. Like, you know, I got it last time. Maybe I'll get it again this time. And oh, yeah, it's very hard. Parenting is not easy. No, it's not. And it doesn't come with a manual. No. Like I said, some days things are wonderful and sunshines and rainbows. And then the next day it's like thunder and lightning. And it's <laughs> unpredictable, unpredictable. And from moment yeah. to moment, you know, yeah, too. It does. It does. One moment, I love you so much. I can't live without you. The next moment, I'm not your best friend anymore. And even like with even not even with just me, but between the two of them, that's the like the same thing too. Like one minute they're at each other's like fighting, and then the next minute, I love you, you're my best friend, hugs and kisses. So it's like roller coaster again. Like yep, yep. Um. So now we're quickly approaching summer months. Uh, is there anything that the school is uh, preparing for summer or summer school? I heard that there is a conversations about opening up day camps in Ontario. So maybe there is a hope for some of the parents there. Um, 
of course, that is a subject to still the uh, health ministry and uh, the Ministry of Education to make the final decision on what their protocols are. But if there are, I think that could be a nice little break, even if it's just a one week or two weeks for parents to have a little bit break. Yeah, for sure. And if and that's the thing, if they're going to start sending people back to work, then yeah. they're going to have to be pro- providing parents with um, childcare. Like the kids have to go somewhere. And if the parents can't stay home, then they have to provide something, even if it's for minute like smaller numbers maybe yeah it's it's a really a a big concern for lots of parents who uh who may not have the option to work from home and where to put their kids during summer months and hopefully we'll all have more clarity as weeks to come uh, as weeks to come definitely so last but not least when we're going back to school in september and hopefully we will be what would you like to see? Oh, I, I can't wait for to see the kids. I really hope that that's the situation come September. Um, I know that they're trying to think of different ways of how that's going to look. And yeah, I mean, getting back into routine of school, I miss seeing the kids. I wish I could give them all a hug. Oh, that would be so nice. I really hope that can happen in September. <laughs> <laughs> or we can make those paper hands and pretend we're hugging each other. <laughs> I've seen that on like Facebook or something that there's plastic arms and yeah, it's, I really hope that we can figure out a way that to make going back to school somewhat normal for the kids and that they don't have like anxiety about it or, you know, that they're afraid to go to school or that, you know, Hopefully we can figure out a system where everyone feels safe going back and not worried about um, catching something or spreading something. I, I just think the first day back to school, if that happens uh, on the 1st of September, it's going to be a zoo in the kindergarten. Yeah. <laughs> All the kids going to be hugging each other, screaming at each other, chasing each other because they haven't done that for months. Yeah. So I'm really hoping that at some point in the summer, you're allowed to start seeing some more friends or people so that we can start getting back mm-hmm. into um, seeing friends and having those mm-hmm. normal social interactions. And yeah, it's going to be hard. And if whatever it looks like, we'll have to just do it and, you know, make them feel Mm -hmm. safe and comfortable coming back to school. Yeah. I mean, we are definitely trying our very best by staying at our own place for as much as we can avoid the crowd, keep social distancing to bring the number down because the sooner the numbers are lower, the earlier we can actually go out and then resume our normal life again. Definitely. And it's so like, my hat goes off to all those frontline workers. It's, you know, it's not an easy time right now. And they're working so hard. So absolutely, we're all we should all be doing our the most we can to, to stop the spread of COVID and just stay home or social distance as best as we can. And um, yeah, yeah, I have the uttermost respect for these frontline workers. In fact, the 
uh, association that I'm uh, associated with, uh, Canadian Blockchain Women Association. We actually have had a fundraising event and we secured some medical masks and then we're donating to the North York hospitals and then a few other organizations. It's just the very little things that we could do to help our community. And I, I really, because I have family members who are in the healthcare area as well. So I, I know, uh, you know, from a family member's perspective, this is constantly on our mind, whether or not they can be safe. So yeah, and I, I just want to say a big thank you to all the all the frontline workers there. For sure, and that's awesome that your your organization is doing that. That's so like wonderful, and that you know you guys can do that. It's they're working so hard, and everything and anything we can do to help people should yeah. be doing so. Absolutely. It's just a very little that we could do, um, but it could mean a lot to them. So uh, I, I think we should, again, as a community, we should come together and help each other. For sure. Well, thank you. Thank you very much, Jackie. And uh, I, I really hope that, you know, the kids will be so thrilled to hear your voice through the podcast. And hopefully soon they will see you and all the other teachers through the parade. Oh, thank you so much. It was an honor. Thank you for having me. I'm happy I got to come and talk to you. And uh, I hope everyone stays healthy and safe. And uh, yeah, we miss you. Miss you too. Miss you too. All the students miss you. From our conversation with Jackie, we see that staying connected to our family, friends, and the community is so vitally important. Participating in community events or volunteering for great social causes is a wonderful way to keep the family active and can go along with many other activities to enhance the learning experience outside of the classroom. We couldn't be happier for giving Jackie a platform to promote the Angel Hair for Kids program and the Child's Voice Foundation as a whole. If you'd like to learn more, please check out our show notes. Remember, do what works for your family, and don't stress too much about structure, schedules, or perfection. As we go live with this episode, the school parade was unable to be held as planned. Teachers have started live classroom time for all kids twice a week. Students now get to see their long-missed classmates and teachers. Thanks again for tuning in to Capstone International's Becoming Parents. More episodes can be found on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or Google. For informative articles and useful resources, find us at becoming-parents.com. Check out our show notes to learn more about our guest speaker and today's topic, and use the links to connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Until next time, stay healthy, stay safe, stay happy.